Okay, welcome to the good old days of radio show. It's cleanup time. It's time to find out who's been threatening all these people and having babies cry and all this crazy stuff in the Martin household. The thing that cried in the night from I Love a Mystery. We're going to hear the last three episodes, which will wind up the series, and you'll get to find out who done it, basically, and why they done it, and all that good stuff. Uh, these are the episodes from November 16th, 17th, and 18th. We're doing the last three this week instead of just two, and it wraps up the series. So uh, if you've got your guesses as to who's responsible for all this, you'll now find out if you were right or wrong and that will do it. We'll get right to it. Here we go. There's one thing, Jack. We're sure are we not the innocent members of the family. All that's left in the house is Grandma, Cherry, and Faye here. Don't forget them. Cherry's precious they people. Yes, and Pauline West. Yeah, yes, we mustn't forget Pauline West. Well, if they are in the house... And this Pauline West is here. They've certainly keep in the background. Way in the background. On the other hand, they're right up in the foreground. Well, I ain't seen them. That's because you don't know where to look. Then perhaps you'll show Doc and me. Not yet. Yeah, and, and what about the baby? Yes, the baby's very much with us, too. Y you've seen him, too, I yes. suppose. I see you have. But, Jack, if, if, if you know... Not yet, Reggie. But, Jack... Reggie, don't you know Jack well enough by this time to, to know he ain't going to tell us nothing until he gets darn good and ready? Correct. But would you mind telling us why you suddenly decided to have Hope removed to a hospital? And why you've given Grandma Martin Cherry free run of the house while you're keeping Faye here practically a prisoner? Yeah, how about that, Jack? Hope went to the hospital to get her out of the way. Out of the way of what? She couldn't possibly stay alive in this house. She knew too much. How could you know that? She's unconscious. She was conscious just long enough for me to ask her one question. What was that? Where she found the gun with the silencer that killed Job. She told you? Yes. That's the thing that made somebody want to kill her? Yes. Well, then doesn't that put you in the same danger she was in? Exactly. Jack, you're in danger of being killed. Well, with proper precautions. But looky, tell us where you found the gun, too. Then there'll be so many of us that know... I don't want that. You don't want what? Look, I know who the murderer is. I know how Job's murder was done, but I haven't got a scrap of proof. I could tell my story from now on. Nobody'd believe me. The baby... The baby would be proof. Yes, I could bring the baby to light, but a crying baby doesn't prove murder. Well, so what? So I've got to catch the murderer in the act. But how does you being in danger? We know he wants to kill me. We know he's going to try to kill me. When he tries, it's up to me to be the smartest. <laughs> you haven't been the smartest so far. That's true. Jack, you're setting a trap for the killer and using yourself as bait? Yes. I don't like that. I don't like it a bloody bit. And, Doc. Yeah? The outcome's going to depend a great deal on you. Hey, you mean your life? I mean, if you let Faye here give you the slip for one minute, I can't predict what will happen. Faye, huh? Faye. Oh, my goodness, but you look ferocious, Doc. Look, Faye, <laughs> I ain't never hit a woman in my life. But you just you try one move, and, lady, I'm going to lay you so flat that you could be shoved under the carpet. No rough stuff, Doc. <laughs> well, I ain't fooling, sister. What a pal. Now then, Doc and Reggie, I want you to listen closely to what I'm going to say. In case I'm not as smart as the killer when the time comes. Hey, cut it out, will you, guy? Will you listen? In case anything happens to me, I want you to give this information to the police. First, find Pauline West, the radio actress. She's in this house. Second, remember that it was Grandma Martin who arranged the chairs in the library so that Job sat in front of the window the night he was killed. But be sure to tell them that she had been arranging the chairs in just that same order ever since the grandchildren were small. 
You got that? That's right. I'm, I'm making notes. Third, tell them the night Cherry was bound and gagged and taken down to the furnace room that her clothes were strewn from the third floor to the basement, making a trail that would assure us finding her quickly. I say, I never thought of that. Did you ask Cherry? Did she drop stuff as, as, as she was being carried down? How could she? She was tied hand and foot before she was taken out of her bedroom, according to her own story. Then the fellow who carried her down must have dropped the stuff. Right. But why? That's all the police need to know. They can find out the rest from that. Uh-huh. You know, from the look on Faye's map, I bet she could tell us. Maybe I could. Fourth, there's about three or four thicknesses of wallpaper on the walls of Cherry's bedroom. Did you know for many, for sure, how many, Faye? Well, I'd say offhand the room had been papered uh, four times. Yes. Well, tell the police to peel off the three top layers of paper in an area about three feet square and examine the figures on the paper very carefully. Well, what the heck's that for? And you be present when they do it and you'll see. Joe, that's the queerest yet. Fine. Give them this gun. It's the one that killed Job and the one Cherry and Hope fought over when Hope was shot. Be sure to call their attention to this piece of black thread tied to the trigger. Yeah, I noticed that. It is on the gun when I picked it up after Hope was shot. Yes, yeah, about a foot long. If they'll examine the end under a microscope, they'll probably find it looks as though it had been burned off. You, uh, getting all this down, Reggie? <laughs> it's quiet. Six. Uh, this is going to be in the nature of a demonstration. Take hold of Faye's arm, Doc. Say, what's the idea? Jack says to take your arm, so I'm taking your arm. Well, take it easy, will you? I don't want to look like I've been manhandled by a gorilla. Be sure to hang on to it, huh? You bet you. Hey! The lights! The lights! Jack, who turned out the lights? I did. Sit still. I'll turn them on again. Sit down, Faye. No, no, you let go of me. I said sit down. Let go of me now. Oh, why, you little cat, Let sit down. Go. Get them lights turned on, Jack. Here they go. are. Oh. oh, I say. Doc, what happened? Looky, look, looky at my face. Scratches. She did that. I say she done it. She tried to get away. Faye, what's the matter with you? Why'd you try to get away? Why not? It was dark. Lady, you don't know how near you come to getting soft. So what? But the lights, what made them go out? I turned them out. How could you? You were six or eight feet from the wall. Same way they were turned out last night before Job was killed. Look. I've got a piece of heavy black thread. Thread? That's all. I tied it to the switch when you weren't noticing. When I was ready for the blackout, I pulled on the thread, pulling the switch down. Lights go out, the thread slips off the switch, and... Then somebody right in this room uh, snapped off the lights. That's right. Faye, Faye, is that why you made such a fuss? Because Jack found out how you switched off the light? Oh, don't be absurd. Jack didn't say I did it. Well, what about it, Jack? Did she? I can't prove anyone did it yet. But demonstrate it to the police if I'm not here. Quite. That, that, that's five things to tell the police. And that's all. Now then, Reggie. Yes? I want to talk to Grandmother Martin and Cherry separately. Go find them. Mm, have you any idea? No, what? but they're around the house someplace. Well, how do you know that? We ain't kept a watch on them for hours. How do you know they ain't slipped out? Because the house is completely surrounded by plainclothes detectives. What? What's that? That's right, Faye. What's that for? Because of hope. Whoever wants her dead might otherwise have slipped away and followed her to the hospital. I see. Think of everything, don't you? We do our best. There's murder loose in this house. We're doing what we can to keep it here, under quarantine. Well, go on, Reggie. Find Grandma and Cherry. Mm, right, oh, I'll have a look. Oh, Reggie. Yes? One at a time. Bring Cherry first. Cherry it is. We, uh, we're just going to sit here and wait? I am. You can do as you choose. I choose to go up to my room. Go ahead. Hey, Jack. You go too, naturally. But uh, leaving you down here alone, fella. You stick to Faye. Don't worry about me. Well, come on, Shadow. Yeah. Yeah, only I still don't like it. <laughs> You've certainly got a lot of faith in your partner. What you mean? Two girls and one old woman, and you're worrying about leaving him alone here in the library. Well, so I'm afraid to... And all the time he'll be within calling distance of you and Reggie. And the house surrounded by cops. That's what I call real bravery. 
Don't make us all look ridiculous, Doc. Go along with her. Well, I got a feeling. Oh, come on, if you're going to. Yeah. Okay, let's go. You better lock the door if we go out, Jack. I don't quite know where you are. You may be right here in the room with me. You may be watching from some panel I don't know about or at one of the windows or doors. I don't know. All I know is that you've been listening to everything that's been said in this room. I knew you were there. That's why I sent Reggie out to find Grandma and Cherry. That's why I let Faye go up to her room with Doc so we'd be alone. You may be the murderer. I don't know. But whether you are or not, you're a very unhealthy person. You're afraid. You feed on darkness. Your thoughts are lustful and violent. You're the power of evil in this house. You're not only cowardly and violent and evil, but you're much worse because you're a woman. When a woman's bad, she can be so much more wicked than a man. Strange, isn't it, that anything which can be the greatest instrument for good in the world can also be the greatest instrument for wickedness. I feel sorry for you. It wasn't your fault in the beginning. Think of all the people in this house. You have the greatest potentialities for greatness. You could have been just as great in the realm of goodness as you are superior in the realm of evil. You've worked with such perfect deliberation, coolly, masterfully, with superior knowledge of human nature. You've even used your own weakness to the best advantage. It's been fascinating working against you. And in a way, it seems a pity that you're at the end of your rope. I don't know when that end will come. That'll depend on you. An hour, day... Not much more than that. And I want to tell you that Jack. I... Jack, look at me. Doc. Doc, where's Faye? I, I don't know. What's the matter with you? I was hit over the head. Hit over the head. Doc. Doc. Hit over the head. And the baby. Reggie! Reggie! Reggie, it's the baby! Find Faye! We've got to find Faye! transcribed adventures of Jack, Doc, and Reggie will come to you tomorrow at this same hour. I Love a Mystery, written and directed by Carlton E. Morse, comes to you Monday through Friday, featuring Russell Thorson as Jack, Jim Bowles as Doc Long, and Tony Randall as Reggie York. Frank McCarthy speaking. Listeners, there are millions of destitute children in war-torn countries who will have no Christmas unless you help. Here's a message from overseas which shows what help can mean. Ciao, Amerigo. Vuoi mandare un saluto al tuo padrino? Che bel pacco mi avete mandato, Mr. Morse. Quanta bella roba. Vi ringrazio tanto, tanto. Amerigo thanks his foster parent for having sent him a package with such wonderful gifts. I know he likes the big rubber ball and the marbles more than anything else. Ma io voglio ringraziare il mio padrino di tutto quello che fa per me. Perché lo so che mi vuole tanto bene e fa tanti sacrifici per me. Amerigo says he wants to thank Mr. Morse for everything he has done for him and for all the sacrifices he must be making to send him such lovely things. 
Amerigos, yours is a voice of gratitude for all the youngsters we've been able to help so far. But there are millions of others. Won't you help us make a Christmas for them, too? Mr. Thorson will tell you what to do. Gather together toys and articles of clothing. Wrap and tie them securely. Address them to Foster Parents' Plan for War Children. 5347th Avenue, Long Island City, New York. They'll be shipped free from your nearest Railway Express office. Send your gifts for distribution in war-torn countries now. Remember, you too can be a Santa Claus. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents I Love a Mystery, Transcribed. Hit on the head. Fine face. Hit on the head? Who did it? Doc? Doc, answer me. Who did it? I don't know. Be all right in a minute. Fine face. Fine face? Why? Why? What's, what's, what's the matter with Faye? Jack's scared. Fine face. You sure you'll be all right? Yes, yeah, sure, sure. The baby. The baby. Doc, I've got to go find Jack. Jack? Jack? Jack, where are you? Reggie. Reggie, where are you? I'm in the living room, Jack. In the living room. Stay right there. I'm coming. Something is loose in this house. Something dangerous. I can feel it. Oh, oh, Jack, are you all right? Yes, I'm all right. Up and down in the furnace room. Have you seen Faye? No, but the baby. Yes, I heard it. We've got to come. Jack. Jack. Out the hall, quick. Who is it? Who fell downstairs? Grandma. Grandma Martin. Oh, my. Is she dead? No, unconscious. Jack. Jack, look at her leg. Yeah, broken. Oh, that's too bad. An old lady like her. Jack. Reggie. Jack, what was it? Hey. Hey, what's the matter with Grandma? Thrown downstairs. Unconscious and broken leg. You mean Faye done that to her own grandma? We haven't got time to talk. Doc, how do you feel? Oh, better than it did. Can you carry Grandma into the library? I guess so. Then take care of her. Don't leave her for a minute. But I want to go with... You're not in any condition to go anywhere. Do what I tell you. Come on, Reggie. Where are we going, Jack? Search every room on the second and third floor. We're looking for Faye? I'll search the rooms. You stand here in the hall. See that no one slips by. That's Faye's room. Yes, I know it. But what about Cherry, Jack? We find Faye. Cherry be all right. Um, did you look in the second closet? Yeah, no one in there. And across the hall to Job's room. We're wasting time. I know it. What else can we do? Watch the hall. Well, why not call in some police from outside? No, I'll do it myself. I know it's done right. There's nobody in here. Come on, Hope's room's next. Around the corner of the hall. If Faye threw her grandmother downstairs, she's got to be up here somewhere. Well, if she's not in here, she's got to be on the third floor. Uh, don't forget to look in that window seat. Don't watch me. Keep your eye on the hall. You expected to try to slip by? I expect someone to try to slip by. We're closing in. Mm, looking for anyone in this house is a ballet job. Nobody in here. Come on up to the third floor. Right oh. They've got to be... Wait, hold it a minute. What's the matter? Here's the linen closet. Don't let's pass up anything. No. No, go away. It's Cherry. Oh. Cherry, what are you doing in this linen closet? Crouched on the floor like a ballet animal. Cherry, answer me. What are you doing here? She's after me. She's after me. What are you talking about? Who's after you? Faye. She mustn't. She mustn't. Faye's after you? What for? She, 
She wants to kill me. Where is she now? I don't know. Here, get up on your feet. Uh, uh, Look here, go easy. Now then, answer me. Where's Faye? I I don't know. Answer me, do you hear? Tell me where Faye is or I'll shake it out. Oh, I don't want to see her. I don't hear her. I don't. Jack, this is beastly. I think I know it. Well, she's so terrified now she doesn't know what she's saying. You can't get anything out of her like that. No. No, I guess you're right. Oh, Jack, look at her hands. Fingers straight out, stiff like claws. I can't bend them. Something's happened to them. Here, let me see. Like ugly claws. Cold as ice. I can't bend them. Look. I can't bend my own fingers. I can't. Jack, I can't. I can't bear this. Hysteria. It'll wear off when the tension's over. Jerry, do you feel safe here in this closet? Yes. Yes, it's dark. They can't find me in the dark. All right. Go back in. I'll lock you in. Jack. We can't take her with us. We've got to find Faye. she shouldn't be left alone. I tell you, we've got to find Faye. I'll be all right. We'll come back for you in a little while. I don't like it, Jack. I don't like any of it. I hate women who get themselves into messes like this. Now, come on. They certainly aren't the best. Come on up the third floor. Cherry with her fingers spread out, stiff like clawing talons. Grandma sprawled grotesquely at the foot of the stairs. I wonder how we'll find Faye. That's pleasant. I say we're not rushing about as we were. Isn't it as important to find Faye as it was? Just as important, but not as urgent now that we know where Grandma and Cherry are. I see. And she's got to be up here ahead of us somewhere, huh? Yes. All right, now for Cherry's room. I'm to wait out here? Yeah. You don't suppose... Jack. Jack. Come here. What's the matter? Look. Round the corner of the hall there. Shadow. Creeping this way. That's man. Right behind him is throwing a shadow ahead. There haven't been any men in the house? Oh, there is now. You want to take him or shall I? Let me. He's almost to the corner, so get set. Right out. Move fast. He may have a gun. Quite. Hold it. Get him, Reggie. <laughs> look out for his gun. <laughs> there. Good work, Reggie. Here, let's have a look at him. Here's his gun. Do you suppose this is the chap who carried Cherry down to the furnace room? Hello. Reggie, we made a mistake. What's that? Hey, look at this badge on his vest. Badge? Yes, police department. Oh, but I say. Plain clothes man from the detective bureau. You've had the doubtful honor of knocking out a policeman. What's he doing here? Naturally, I wouldn't have tackled him. Well, that's I... what I want to know. What's he doing here? I wonder if they've planted any more in this house. But I thought you said they weren't going to. They weren't. I said they'd keep all their men out. What's that? I don't hear anything. I do. From grandmother Martin's suite of rooms. Come on. Here, here, this is it. Here, this way. Jack, what's that smell? Chloroform. Here, here, she's locked in this closet. Faye, Faye, do you hear me? Listen, get hold of yourself. Save your breath. We'll get you out. But how? The door's locked and there's no key. We'll break it in. Right on, but can we do it? Wait. Faye, Faye, can you hear me? Yes. Lie down on the floor. We're going to break in the door. Do you hear? Yes. All right. Well, come on, Reggie. Together now. Solid. Once more now. It's coming. Do it again. Now. That did it. Here, help me with it. Get me out, get me out. Easy, easy. All right, you're all right. There you are. Now throw open the window. Quiet. Now get all those saturated towels and throw them out. Out the window? Yes. Don't try to talk for a minute. Just breathe deep. What? Why would she do it? Don't talk, don't talk. Just breathe. Half a dozen towels soaked with chloroform enough to kill an elephant. Out they go. I, I, I can talk. Let me sit up, please. Take it easy. 
The fresh air is all I needed. Who locked you in that closet? Grandma. Grandmother Martin tried to kill you? Well, how did she get you in the closet in the first place? Yeah. You remember Doc was bringing me upstairs? Yes. Somebody hit him on the head. I, I didn't see who it was. I, I just ran. I was so scared. You didn't do it? No. I ran up here to Grandma's room. She, she wasn't here, but she came in in just a minute. Well, where'd she been? I didn't get a chance to ask her. She, she was out of breath. She said, Qu- quick, Faye, get my slippers out of the closet. I didn't sink. Just went in the closet, and she slammed the door on me and locked me in. Uh, and the chloroform towels were already in there? Oh, no. No, she said, you'll be safe in there, my girl. And I heard the door to her room open and close, and I pounded on the door to be let out, and in a couple of minutes she came back in. What did she say then? Nothing. I think she didn't, she didn't say a thing, but pretty soon she began pushing towels soaked in chloroform under the door. Sure. Grandma Martin. I was all wrong. I thought I knew who the murderer was. I, I thought I knew from the way you talked, Jack, but I was wrong. It was Grandma all the time. Grandma Martin, I thought it was you. You thought it was me? Yes, we found Cherry hiding from you. I say, are you sure it wasn't you? It was Grandma, I tell you. But Cherry said you were trying to kill her. Cherry? Cherry said I was trying to kill her. That's what she said. And see here, you might have locked yourself in there with those towels, you know. But I didn't. I didn't. Jack, I, I thought you said you knew for sure who the murderer is. I do, Faye. I know just as sure as I'm sitting here looking at you. transcribed adventures of Jack, Doc, and Reggie will come to you tomorrow at this same hour. I Love a Mystery, written and directed by Carlton E. Morse, comes to you Monday through Friday, featuring Russell Thorson as Jack, Jim Bowles as Doc Long, and Tony Randall as Reggie York. Frank McCarthy speaking. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents I Love a Mystery, transcribed. I'm standing here. Grandma tried to kill me. Would you go on the witness stand and swear to that, Faye? Certainly not. This is a family affair. Nevertheless, it's true. You're mistaken, Faye. I'm not. Yes, you are. Because at the time you say Grandma was shoving towels saturated with chloroform under the door of the closet you were locked in, she was lying unconscious at the foot of the stairs on the first floor. No, I tell you... That's right, Faye. I was there when she fell. I'll grant you, your grandmother may have locked you in the closet, but she wasn't the one who tried to chloroform you. Then who did? She was the only one who knew I was in there. No, the murderer knew. 
know. How could he possibly have known? Have you forgotten you pounded on the door and yelled to get out? It drew the killer's attention to you. What a perfect setup. Your grandmother locks you in, so naturally, if you die there, everyone would suspect your grandmother. Then, then that's why he wouldn't answer. He wanted me to think it was Grandma. Certainly. The killer was roaming around the house. Grandma Martin locked you in the closet to protect you and started downstairs to find me. She was thrown or pushed down the stairs by the killer, who then came on up to the third floor. Here you were, yelling and pounding. Saw the perfect opportunity to finish you and nearly succeeded. Dr. Jack, what about Cherry down on the second floor? When we found her crouching in the linen closet, she was in a fit of terror. She said Faye was after her, trying to kill her. She was mistaken. You mean she mistook the killer for Faye? But, but in that case, who is the killer? You don't know now. No, I, I don't. Oh, look here. There's only one person. It could be Pauline West, the radio actress. Yes, Pauline West. Yes, it would have to be. She's the only other person connected with this house, the only other name mentioned. Yes, Reggie. Pauline West is the murderer. But where is she now? Why haven't we seen her? Is she in the house now? Yes, and you're going to see her very shortly now. In fact, in the next few minutes, I'm going to turn Pauline West over to the police. No, no, you can't do that. No matter what happens, you can't do that. She's guilty of murder. She killed your brother, Job. She was responsible for Cherry accidentally shooting Hope, although it wasn't an accident. She tried to kill your grandmother by pushing her downstairs. She tried to chloroform you. And she was responsible for Cherry being pushed downstairs and being slashed over and over again. I know, I know it. Oh, don't you understand? We'd all rather be dead. We'd all want to be dead if she was taken into court and, and, and made a public exhibit. Something for the newspapers to gloat over, for the appetites of the scandalmongers to feed on. I'd rather see all of us dead than to see that happen. I'm afraid I haven't got much choice in the matter. I warned your grandmother when she brought us in. But if the murder was in this house and I could prove it, nothing could prevent me from turning it over to the, to the police. Then if I get the opportunity, I will kill her with my own hands. Oh, but you must That would be terribly foolish. Because then you would have to be the public sensation instead of her. No. Because you'd never take me alive. Reggie. Mm. Under these circumstances, Faye's a very dangerous young woman. It's going to be necessary for you to stay by her and prevent her from doing what she said she'll do. How much longer is this going to keep up? Only a few minutes. Only until I have Pauline West in safe custody. No. No, you can't do it. Reggie, stop her. Jack, she's locked us in. Now, now we are in a fine mess. We've got to break down that door. Right, oh, let's go. Wait, listen. The baby. Oh, look here. Come on, we got to get out of here. Together now. <laughs> Once more should do it. Hurry, hurry. <clears throat> more solid than I thought. We've got to keep trying. We've got to get out of here. It's murder. We've got to get out of here quick. Cherry. Cherry, is that you? They don't come near me. Cherry, listen. We haven't got much time. Give me your hand. Now, come on. No, no, Faye. I tell you, we haven't got much time. Now, hurry faster. Faye, where are we going? I don't want to go. Now, man, up, up these stairs to the attic. The attic? Faster. Faster. Wait. But why, Faye? Why? Come on. Now then, up this ladder to the roof. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Come on, come on, hurry. I'm right behind you. Oh, please, Faye, please. Now push that trap door up. No, no. Push that trap door up. <gasps> All right. Up on the roof. It's so high up here. It's so high. It's all right, Cherry. It's all right. I'm going with you. Go going with me? Here, come over to the edge of the roof. I want to show you something. Hey, someone's turned the searchlight on. They can see us up here. It doesn't matter, darling. It doesn't matter in the least. Hey, I'm so scared. Don't worry, I'll be with you. I'll be with you all the time. Now look, look over the edge. You see the glass roof of the sunroom right down below us? But, 
But it's so far. The glass roof of the sunroom. You loved the sunroom when you were a little girl. It was your favorite room. Hey, hey, why did you bring me up here? Darling, you couldn't help it. It wasn't ever your fault, so you mustn't suffer anymore for it. Just close your eyes. Do you remember how do you remember how you used to close your eyes when I told you fairy stories? Fairy stories about the good little fairies who always came to the rescue of little girls and I think we're getting it. Once more, we'll do it. That did it. That did it. Downstairs, Reggie. Downstairs. I know. I'm coming. Which way, Jack? Which way? Come on. Come on. Downstairs to the first floor. How do you know which way she went? I don't know which way she went. We've got to find her. Wait. I'm going into the library. You take the dining room. Conservatory and the sunroom. I know. Yell if you see anything. All right. You do the same. Fine mess. Hey, Jack, what's the matter? Doc, has Faye been in here? Faye? No, nobody's been in here. Jack, we ought to get it, Doc. Jack! Jack! Come here! Come here! That's Reggie. Come on, Doc. He's found her. Jack! Jack! Coming, Reggie! In the sunroom! In the sunroom! Hurry! Hurry! Did you find her? Reggie. Reggie, where is she? What's the matter? Look! Look, Jack. Up through the glass. Look up on the roof. What's that? Hey! Hey, it's Faye and Cherry. It's Faye and Cherry. Look, they're fighting. Well, don't stand there. What's the matter with you? Get up on the roof. Look out! Look out! No. No, it shouldn't have happened that way. Oh, boy, four o'clock in the morning. Reggie, when this mess is cleaned up, I'm going to bed and sleep straight through a week. Got a little sleep I'd get if I did go to bed tonight. Wonder why they don't put some sleeping chairs in a hospital waiting room. Where'd Jack say he is going? The doctor called him out. Something about Faye. Yeah. Chauffeur dead, Job dead, Cherry dead. Poor little old Cherry. That isn't all. Huh? Hope in the hospital with a bullet wound, Grandma here with a broken leg, and Faye here with a fractured skull. Man, when, when Cherry and, and Faye high-dived off that roof and down through that skylight... Would you mind not talking about it? Yeah. Sure would like to know who was pushing who up there, though. Cherry was pushing Faye. Yeah, it sure looked like it, all right. Oh, uh, you, you back, Jack? Yes. Anything? No, everything's just the same. Looky, Jack. I don't... Uh, I still don't know who is doing what to who over yonder at the Martin. Well, it's time I told you. Yes, I think it is. You said Pauline West was the killer. She was. But what I didn't say was that Pauline West was... Well, who? Cherry Martin. Hey, you mean Cherry done all that dirty work? Yes. But the slashing thrown downstairs. She did that herself. She did? And them, the, the, the they people she was always talking about. Figments of her own imagination. She really believed in them some of the time. Huh? Hey, the th- things don't fit together. Yes, they do. Let's start at the beginning. Way back when Cherry was a little girl. She was a nervous, excitable child. Her grandmother had little patience with her. She used to lock her in her bedroom. On the walls of the bedroom were all the old Mother Goose figures. The man in the Moon, the old witch. And one of the characters was a figure with a black hood, the face shadowed from view. And he wore a blood-red smock. The man who tied her up and carried her to the furnace room. Hey! Yes. The characters from her childhood wallpaper transferred from the walls to her mind. Those were the they people who were after her. Locked in the room with these figures she feared and hated, her child mind absorbed them to the point where she could never get rid of them. Oh, how horrible. But no Mother Goose character carried her downstairs. No, of course not. She did that herself. But somehow in her mind she blamed him for it. But she was bound and gagged. She did that herself. Was this why Grandmother Martin called us in on the case on account of Cherry? No. Hope and Job were involved with the chauffeur. He was trying to make Job ask his grandmother for money to pay blackmail. When Job refused, he found Hope an easy target, so he threatened to bring the family name to shame through Hope unless Job got the money. Grandma knew this? No, only that Job and Hope were in trouble. Which we were supposed to get him out of. Yes, but the night we arrived, Job took things into his own hands and killed the chauffeur. Job really did do that then? Yes, Cherry actually saw him. And that's what set Cherry off. 
She was shocked and afraid, but she saw how easily people could be killed. She was right on the verge mentally anyway. That finished. She killed Joe? Yes. She was impelled to kill Joe because she knew he was going to be found out. But how? Well, she watched where Job hid the gun and got it. She took it out on the porch of that big urn that sits right in front of the library window. She fastened it in place, pointing right to the chair Job would sit in. I say, she knew he'd sit in it because Grandma Martin always made each one sit in his own chair? Yes. Then she fastened a heavy black thread to the trigger, ran it over the muzzle of the gun, and threw a crack in the window to her chair. So that's how it is done? Yes. When the gun went off, the bullet cut the thread that was holding it in place, and it fell into the urn out of sight. I say. Only a mind in that condition would have conceived such a thing. But it worked. And it made Cherry look innocent. And then Hope found the gun. Yes, before Cherry could get it and hide it. Hope suspected Cherry because she had said they would get Joe before the police did. So she came up to Cherry's room while you were with her, Doc. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The minute Cherry saw the gun, she knew that she had to do something desperate. But Hope knew too much. So she pretended to struggle with her, but deliberately turned the gun on Hope and shot her. Boy, murder. And me, you're standing right there. Then I discovered Pauline West. And when I mentioned the name to Faye, then Faye knew that Cherry was guilty. Well, I don't get that. Why? Because Faye that knew that two or three years ago, Cherry had tried to be a radio actress. To keep the rest of the family from knowing, Cherry had taken the name of Pauline West. She wasn't a good actress, but they discovered she could cry like a baby. What's that? Exactly. Cherry was the baby. She'd done baby imitations on the radio. Doggone. Faye had forgotten all about that. It happened so long ago, but the minute I mentioned Pauline West, she knew at once. So now she had to kill Faye to keep a secret. Yes, that's why I insisted Faye be guarded so closely. Well, who bought me on the head when I was taking Faye upstairs? Cherry. She wanted you out of the way so she could get at Faye. But Faye didn't wait. She ran up to her grandmother's room. By this time, Grandma knew. She knew Faye was in danger, so she locked her in the closet so Cherry couldn't get at her. But Cherry did get at her at chloroform. Yes. It was also Cherry who tried to chloroform Hope. Boy, and such a pretty little thing. But why push her grandmother downstairs? By this time, Cherry was so unsettled in her mind, she didn't know what she was doing. But that, that roof business, sir. Uh, how'd Cherry ever get Faye up on the roof? Well, what happened up there is best left alone. You ain't a-talking? Case is finished. The house of Martin has fallen. They, those little people, have succeeded just as Job said they would. Now let's forget it. I'm dead tired. Right. Yeah. Poor little fella. transcribed adventures of Jack, Doc, and Reggie will come to you tomorrow at this same hour. I Love a Mystery, written and directed by Carlton E. Morse, comes to you Monday through Friday, featuring Russell Thorson as Jack, Jim Bowles as Doc Long, and Tony Randall as Reggie York. Frank McCarthy speaking. Okay, so they, they wrapped it up. I don't know how many of you guessed it was Cherry, but... If you've heard it before, you knew it was. So, anyway. Uh, 1,700 shows of this series, I Love a Mystery. Less than 100 survive. The others that do survive are Temple of Vampires, which in my opinion is probably the second best one or the best one, but we don't have the whole series. There's a few chapters missing. We may do that here on the Good Old Days of Radio Show someday. Maybe we'll find the missing chapters. Maybe we won't. But anyway, it's, it's, it's a great one. 
then there's one called The Richard's Curse, The Battle of the Century is another one, and Bury Your Dead Arizona. These are the ones that survive mostly intact. There's lots more that don't survive at all, at least not that we know about. All these original ones that do survive all came from the uh, collection of series creator and writer Carlton E. Morse. They were transferred originally by Jim Harmon, uh, a radio uh, enthusiast and fan, author of a book called The Great Radio Heroes. He became friends with Carlton E. Morse and borrowed the original transcription discs and edited them a bit and put them all on tape, and that's why we have them here to listen to today. That was done in the 60s. There were no additional episodes of I Love a Mystery found until 1979. I think that's when it was. I did it. It's 1979, I think. At least my memory tells me that. I was working as the archivist for Spurdvac, a fellow named Marshall Brown, who was an engineer for KHJ Mutual in Los Angeles, called up and said that he had a stack of transcription discs in his garage in Pasadena and that if we wanted to come and get them, we could have them because he had no further use for them. So I went up there and pulled them out of the garage. He had had some kind of water damage, and so the recordings on the very bottom had water damage and swish in them from the water damage. And unfortunately, the final three discs at the bottom of this pile of about four foot high of transcription discs were three I Love a Mystery episodes in consecutive order for a series called The Fear That Creeps Like a Cat, which actually was the very first one run on the Mutual run in 1949, and it's the show that precedes what you've just been listening to, The Thing That Cried in the Night. So we have three fresh episodes from that turning up in 1979, and as far as I know, no more since. So I'm still convinced that they're out there somewhere, um, if someone has them and is waiting to cash in, I think that ship sailed a long time ago because now you've just got a bunch of old-time radio fans who never heard these shows in the first place, are much younger, and are used to getting free shows all over the internet anytime they want them. So if you're hoarding them because you think uh, you're going to make money on them at some point in the future, I, I think you hoarded them a little too long. If not, then they're just in the hands of somebody who doesn't really care about sharing them with anybody or... They're just somewhere and no one really knows. I don't know. Wish we could find more. But in the meantime, um, that's the end of our series of I Love a Mystery for now. As I say, we might do Temple of the Vampires in the future, just because I like that one a lot. But it's not complete. So anyway, we'll be back next Thursday with more. Not quite sure what we're doing, but Thursday is the day we do these unusual, strange mystery and horror type shows. So I'm sure we'll find something to do. And um, we'll be back on Tuesday with more comedy, drama, or variety. So keep on listening to the good old days of radio show. Keep on telling your friends. Uh, we get more and more listeners all the time. Check out the Facebook page, good old days of radio show. Uh, and the... Um, Internet is goodolddaysofradio.com, and you can hear this podcast on all the platforms, I guess is the word they use for these, Spotify, YouTube, Apple, Apple Music, whatever they are. Uh, we're all over the place, and more and more people find us all the time, and that's great because we get to find more people to appreciate these great programs from way back when, way before my time anyway. 
and way before I'm sure most people listening to this is time. But some of these stories are timeless and good, and that's what we do here. We present to you the very best of old-time radio that becomes something that you can listen to now, and you can listen to it with your children, and then your children's children can listen to them because they're good. And hopefully people will be doing that in another 50 or 100 years. I think some will. Maybe not as many as are now, but who knows? We'll see. Anyway, this is John Tefteller in the Good Old Days of Radio Show. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you.